0: What is institutionalized tennis instruction? And why is it bad for your tennis game? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Sign up for my 2020 adult tennis programs on Monday and Tuesday nights in Coconut Grove. I've got intermediate level classes on Monday night. And if you're new to tennis or a lapsed player, I have beginner classes on Tuesday evening. All you got to do to reserve your spot in class is register on Backhandcity.com. Just seek out the menu item for tennis registration and then the drop down menu for group tennis lessons. So, today's topic what is institutionalized tennis instruction and why is it bad for your tennis game? Well, first, let me give you a little bit of a backstory of and a definition for institutionalized tennis instruction. What I consider institutionalized tennis instruction is just mantras or expressions or even possibly cliches that have been said for decades in tennis. And one of the things I find that's institutionalized about them is they are kind of negative and they are unproductive. They don't resonate with students. And I think what's frustrating is you can see From generation to generation, these institutionalized expressions have really, unfortunately, tested uh, the time and have are still resonating today. And I think the chief culprit is this. There is no training or instruction in the entry level of our profession. A lot of clubs or parks will just hire pros. They're typically high school kids when they start off teaching uh, children in camps in the summertime and they're just thrown out there because they're cheap and maybe they can feed a little balls and keep things organized. Then from there, maybe you'll hire somebody who's a college student. Uh, They'll start as an assistant tennis pro. And again, they're just stuck out there. There's no training regimen. It's kind of a wing and ink. You're just kind of taking things and you're just kind of repeating what you hear everybody else doing So it becomes kind of this parrot mentality of just repeating things over and over and ask me how I know, because that's how I started out. So I started teaching tennis in the 80s, and I fell in kind of, we started teaching tennis in college. There was no training regimen. There was no orientation. There was no manual, and it still goes on today, and you can see it in some of the instruction. And what happens after a while, if you get into it as a a full-time career as I did, you start doing some critical thinking and breaking down how to hit a tennis ball. And then you kind of develop your own system and methodology. So as a public service, I'm going to give you the top 10 institutionalized tennis terms and why they're bad for your game. Number one, follow through. I think a lot of people are obsessed with the follow-through. And I think what ends up happening is the follow-through looks beautiful and it looks like you're making progress when you follow through with your racket over your shoulder. So a lot of instructors would tell you to follow through. In fact, I had a student come to me last year and that was her major complaint. She's like, I have a really good follow-through, but I can't hit the ball. So that's exactly what institutionalized instruction is. There's no rhyme or reason for it. It just sounds good. But the student has nothing they can use as a utility to help them improve their game. Uh, Number two, bend your knees. Uh, Bending your knees, again, it's aesthetically pleasing and it does help you get lower to the ball, but it's not a cure-all for hitting a tennis ball. Number three, I used to use this one a lot because I heard it on TV. Uh, turn your shoulders. I heard from a famous announcer that 80% of tennis was turning your shoulders. So I used to tell people that. <laughs> it's important. Don't get me wrong, especially on the back end. Number four, this is a personal favorite watch the ball. I would do that a lot when I was a young teaching pro in my early 20s when students would miss. If they miss, I get really nervous. I guess I felt like it was a reflection of me. So I would just nervously say, Watch the ball. Don't forget. Don't forget to watch the ball, and I've been teaching about 33 years, and I cannot recall anybody ever looking the wrong direction when I fed them a ball. So, watching the ball. Here's another one, this was uh, number five, you're late, you're late, when you meet the ball, you're late, and it kind of goes with number six, is you're early, you're really early, you're too early when you're hitting the ball. You can't be too late, you can't be too early, you gotta be just right on time. Now, I think, you know, if you want to make a joke here, being early in tennis is good because you can warm up against the wall. How about that? So, if you're early there, but what they're really talking about there is timing, and there's better ways to talk about timing rather than these generic or arbitrary terms of late and early. Number seven, this one's still very strong and institutionalized in modern day tennis instruction, and that is move your feet. You've got to move your feet. And actually, It's a really good tip because a lot of people don't move their feet. There's just a better way to describe that and it's more functional and it's a great utility and there's much more descriptive ways and technical ways to move your feet that will make you a better tennis player. In fact, right now, I'm sitting down in a chair and I'm moving my feet and it's not going to help my game uh number eight this one sounds painful snap your wrist a lot of times neophyte pros will tell you to snap your wrist on your serve uh number nine i heard this one i don't know why all the bad instruction is in miami beach but i was working out with the the twins the other day and we could barely contain ourselves when the coach next to us was telling the student to beware of spaghetti arm and they were throwing some stuff in there about using your core and using spaghetti arm and it was really funny and it really made me hungry uh last but not least number 10 and this kind of probably is a hybrid of um, number two which is bend your knees and you hear this one a lot it's get low you got to get low and i know what they're doing they're telling you to lower your center of gravity you got to get low and there is access to a lot of pow- power there But again, it's kind of arbitrary, like get low. Like if there's a sniper in the park, yeah, getting low is really good. But how low do you want me to go? You want me to lay down? You want me to bend my knees more? I mean, you can bend so far where now it's really uncomfortable and inefficient. So anyways, if you're hearing any of these terms that are institutionalized in your tennis instruction, it might be a time to confront your tennis pro or find a new instructor. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your AHA Moment. Don't forget to go onto iTunes and subscribe to Find Your AHA Moment and rate and review so you can get notified each day of a fresh episode. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. I'll talk to you tomorrow.